Awesome, awesome. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone online. Uh, we're certainly excited about uh, the day we're living in. I am. Uh, I don't know about you, but, uh, uh, and I hope uh, that many of us, if not all of us, are being stirred in a deeper way these days to gravitate to hear what is the heart and the mind and the Holy Spirit saying today. Anybody here feeling a sense of stirring in their heart and spirit? Come on, I am. I'm just telling you, as your pastor, I've been feeling this stirring that's uh, that's been different than anything I've experienced before. It seems to me there's a deeper uh, reach of the Holy Spirit in us to try to capture our attention and bring us to a place. And uh, as Patricia said, there's no need to fear, but if you're not building a defense for your family and for your life, then there is something to fear because the enemy is a deceiver. And I've just talked to so many uh, grandparents. Of course, I'm not one yet. I'm not old enough, but I'm getting close, okay? Uh, I've talked to many grandparents who are very concerned uh, about their grandchildren. And you may be one of those grandparents here today, and you're just kind of watching. You may just even be a parent and be concerned. I've talked to some of those also about what, uh, what our schools are trying to inject into their lives, Come on, I'm not, this isn't being made up, is it? I mean, it's just open, it's open, it's open. And, and my heart is stirred because I, on one side of me, sense a great move of the Holy Spirit. I'm from California, and when we used to go to the ocean, you could always see when the waves would increase. And it was just kind of a subtle thing. It just kind of started rolling in, and before you know it, you had these huge waves happening. And that's what I'm feeling in my spirit, that there's a huge wave, that's starting, waves that are starting to come, and we as, the, as, the, as spirit-filled believers should be tuning into that and not just letting it go by. And not just being distracted with all these other things. And and that's why we're challenging everybody. Everybody, start a war room in your home. Start a war room. There's one thing that I have found in my life over the journey is this. If I will make a place and I will make a time to meet with God, he's there in a greater way. Versus just random. Well, I'm just going to pray all the time. I've tried. I pray when I drive, but you know, there's this a little bit different there, isn't it? I'm talking, I'm talking about a place where you establish this thing, and as Patricia was saying, you're speaking out the truth into the atmosphere uh, because the enemy is speaking very loud right now. He's shouting at us. Yeah. He's intimidating us. He's trying to come against the people of God. He's trying to come against the people of this planet. To what? Kill steal, and destroy. We have to wake up. I was just, during worship, I was just thinking, you know, and, and, and it's certainly, uh, there's the point where, okay, um, uh, we should never fear anything, right? That's what he told Joshua. I'm going to send you into the land. There are going to be giants there, but you don't have to fear. I actually want you to be strong and of good courage, in other words, I want you to go into that land aggressively. And I was just sitting there thinking during worship, uh, and I, I guess I've never been able to get it off of my mind since I heard it years ago, about the Holocaust and how that there were literally some churches that were on the railroad tracks of the trains that were hauling the Jews to their deathbed, and they turned the music up louder so they couldn't hear the screaming and the shouting for help. 
And I thought, wow, Lord, that's pretty extreme thinking, and I don't, I don't even know that I want to think that a lot, you know? I don't want to think about that a lot. But do you know that was a reality? I know they want to erase it from the books. I know they want to erase it from the schools, but can I tell you that that was a reality, the Holocaust? It was a reality. And, and who would have even dreamed that that could have happened? Honestly, I would have struggled to think that was happening. I would have thought, no, it can't be happening. No, 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 no. While it was happening, that's what they thought. I think the trains are coming by. And I think we just need to wake up as the church knowing the authority that we have and begin to exercise it. We've gotten very comfortable with the type of Christianity that we can have in America. Right? I mean, it's pretty nice. I mean, it's pretty nice. Up to this point, it may change. Who cares? They might not give you tax deducts for giving anymore. Who cares? That's not why I give anyway. It's just a benefit. But we've gotten comfortable with all those things, haven't we? And we're just thinking, wow, well, Lord, I'm just comfortable with these things. I'm comfortable with my life how it is. I feel like we can worship you. I feel like we can read the Bible and nobody's bothering us. But we're starting to see that what God is doing today is different than that. It should have never been about comfort, right? It was never about comfort for Jesus, and he said to follow him. It should be about taking the authority that he went to the cross to die to give to the church so that we could be overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and what? The word, well, you got to say something. Yep, got to say something. I, now, Patricia is true. You know, I, I'm sure it bugged a couple of you, but she's right. If you keep everything in here, you're blocking yourself out. And I just challenge you to do two things: read your Bible out loud when you when you get into that point, and then say your prayers out loud. And, and you're going to begin to see a difference. You're, you're going to begin to actually make a difference because. Your words don't change anything while they're still in here. They usually can't even change your own mind, right? <laughs> right? You know, Paul says that in Romans 7, you know, what I didn't want to do, I kept doing. And so there's something about this thing about uh, letting our, our words be heard and known uh, in, in, in the secret place. And that we're praying these prayers over our children, and we're praying these prayers over our friends, and we're praying these prayers over the people that God has put us in relationship with and in contact with. And, and, and we're praying over them, and we're, we're literally, uh, we're, we're, we're actually believing that prayer works, if you can imagine that. Right? And, and, and so I just want to just challenge us up on the, on the heels of what she just said. Let's build our war rooms and uh, if we will, then we will find the protection of the Lord. We'll find the strength of the Lord. We'll find the healing of the Lord. We'll find the prosperity of the Lord. Because his word said, he wants you to prosper, be in good health as your soul prospers. And he wasn't afraid to tell us that. And, and, and so, but he's putting it all in there, and he says, as your soul prospers, that's your spiritual life. We're going to be going through the book of Ephesians, which I'm really excited about. It's, uh, it's called the, the Alps of the New Testament. It's, it's one of great, uh, Paul's greatest writings. It's like he ties everything together, and he brings stuff into perspective 
uh, for uh, the, the, the entire Bible. Really, he brings the entire Bible into perspective of what was all that about in the Old Testament? What were all these things that were happening back then? Why and what's going on? He just brings it and he just kind of opens the book up for us. And I pray today, and I'm going to pray in just a moment, that you would have ears to hear what the Holy Spirit would say to you today. Because uh, if, if you're not hearing from the Holy Spirit, there's a problem. How many would agree with that? If you're not hearing from him, and I'm, I was thinking about this this morning and wondering, how do you explain, how do you explain to somebody how you hear God? You know, because you tell people that and they look at you and they, if they haven't really experienced it, they look at you with, you know, like, well, I don't know, deer in a headlight. It's kind of like, well, I keep hearing this, but I don't even know what that means. And, and, and so uh, I, I thought, how do you explain that to somebody. Jesus said that we could have ears and we don't hear, right? We have eyes and we, we don't see. So there's a possibility there that he's speaking of two different types of ears. He's speaking about natural ears and he's speaking about spiritual ears. And it's when we get into the conversation with him verbally with our mouth that we begin to open up the, the, the ear gate uh, to hear what the Spirit's saying. And that was one thing that was repeated over and over in the Bible. Have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. And I, I, just, I just, as I sat there and thought about it, it's, it's really different than anything else. You know, it's not like a bolt of electricity to me anyway. But it's like all of a sudden I'm hearing inside, in my, in my mind, in my heart, in my spirit, I'm, I'm hearing a conversation take place with me personally. And as I talk back in response to that, it becomes clearer and clearer. Lots of times people just think, well... Uh, I just have a feeling about something, and maybe that's a way to describe it. I don't know, but oftentimes when we try to do that, we can lead it hard for others who've never experienced to understand what that means. It's not for me. Maybe it is for you, an electrical charge that bolts me up, you know? But there's something that's, uh, I would say it's calming. I would say it's refreshing. I would say that all of a sudden I realize that what I'm hearing is not all the noise that I'm hearing out here. It kind of comes in a different way. It just comes in a clearer way, and it comes maybe with more peace. You know, the Bible talks about the peace of God that passes all of my understanding. I've experienced my time with him where all of a sudden it's like a peace comes. Other times it's just been a, all of a sudden an excitement comes because it's like a light bulb comes on inside about a particular truth, and usually out of the scriptures, that the word just kind of comes alive. And I'm like, oh yeah, oh, that is so awesome. And I, I'm, I'm more uh, in tune to it, or when I read it, it, it does something for me. It moves me. It touches something in the core of my being. Because our conversation with God should be as easy and natural as our conversation with each other. Right? Why would I say that? Because he says that you and I are created in his image and his likeness. So he's no different than you and I. He has thoughts. I have thoughts. And maybe sometimes I've always felt like my the thoughts of, uh, in my mind are really coming from what's in my heart. 
And so some, maybe that's what it is. Maybe his thoughts are connecting with my thoughts and getting back into my heart because I'm coming into this unique agreement with it. And, I, and he's calling me up in a, in a new place and a new relationship with him and a new conversation with him. And, uh, you know, and I would admittedly be the first to tell you that when I first started talking to God, it felt kind of funny. It felt kind of awkward. I felt kind of like, you know, kind of weird, you know. Uh, and, 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 but I had to break, break past that barrier. And, and the more that I have through the years, the more that I hear him uh, answer. I was listening to uh, <laughs> Kenneth Hagin the other day, and uh, uh, he's, he's talking along, he's teaching along, and all of a sudden he just starts speaking in tongues, okay? And, <laughs> and he stopped, and he, he told the crowd, he says, oh, I, I, he said, I, I was just answering God. He was just asking me something, <laughs> and I didn't want you to hear the answer. <laughs> I just got a chuckle out of that, but you know something? He gave you a prayer language. And a lot of times I can be speaking in my prayer language and all of a sudden it's like revelation and understanding and clarity all of a sudden begins to happen. And, and it's an amazing thing. Uh, and so anyway, we're in the book of Ephesians, right? That's where we're at. We're going to look at this. I tell you, this can change your life. This is, again, Paul, this is the, the Alps of the New Testament, really, I would say, of the whole Bible. Look at this verse, 1 Corinthians 2, verses 9 and 10. It says, but as it is written, eye has not seen and ear has not, nor, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. That's what I was just talking about. He's revealed these things to us through his spirit. You should anticipate him revealing these things to you through his spirit. You should anticipate that. You should expect that because this is what Paul's saying. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God uh, is, is what he does. And so it's like he's coming now, and in, in the book of Ephesians, he's coming now to do this. He's saying the Holy Spirit's going to reveal the whole thing to you. I don't want you to be in the dark. I want you to understand exactly what's happening. Because if you don't understand what's happening, you're not going to know what to do about it. And if you don't know what's happening, you're bound to be tripped up, kicked up, and beat up more than you should be as a born-again believer. And so he's, this is what we're going to be looking at over the next few weeks is in, 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 in this book. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, there's a, there, the first part here is just an outline of the book. Paul reveals God's plan or it's called a mystery for his church. God reveals the plan for his church. What should his church look like? What should it be doing? How should it be living? What is important about it? Is it really important? Or is it just what we've made it here in America and many other places? Have we just made it, you know, this type of a gathering and we're, we're happy with that? Well, uh, by the time we're done uh, with the book of Ephesians, I hope you have a brand new picture of what he's doing. And when you do go to your war room, because if God gets a people to go to their war room, we're going to change the world. Come on, we are more than conquerors through Christ. And if we, if, we, if we will do this, we will save our children and our children's children. Come on, we got to kick the devil out of this thing. He's found way too many places in. 
And we've let them do it, and it's time for that to stop. So here's just kind of an outline. Ephesians 1, chapters 1, 2, and 3 talk about the good news of what God has done already. And we'll look about that a little bit in a minute. And then in number 2, verses chapters 4 and 5, he gives instructions on how to live in light of the blessings that he just showed us. How do I live that out? How do I make that real in my life? And then the last chapter, Ephesians chapter 6, or six chapters in that book, encouragement to stand firm in the face of any hardships or pending tribulations. And so we're going to get this through the book as we go through it. There's three postures that we see here also through this amazing book. Uh, There's three postures that describe how spiritually mature receives and lives out God's blessing. This is what he's going to teach us. The first part in chapters 1 to 3 is, number one, how to sit, how to sit. Uh, And it's on your notes there. Uh, It says, and he has raised us up in verse 6. He's raised us up and he has seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So important to know that. And, and, and you think the wording is not an accident. He wants you to sit and relax. He, he says the battle is his, the victory's ours. So we can relax in this thing and we can sit into it, but we must do what we need to do. So we sit, and we'll see that in chapters 1 through 3. And then chapters uh, 4 through 6, it says, number 2 there, walk. Ephesians 4 verse 1 says, therefore, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a, a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. So now he's calling us to walk. And walk is used several times in the first couple chapters there of the book of Ephesians. I would encourage you to take your, your Bible and read through it as we're going through this and maybe highlight every time that it says walk. And you'll begin to catch, catch a picture of what he's trying to communicate to us. So we're to sit Uh, as in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, we're to walk, which is an interesting concept when you think about it. It helps us realize that maybe heaven isn't quite so far away. Just a thought. The third thing, in, in, in chapter six again, it's to stand. How do we stand? Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. So when we get toward the end, we're going to begin to find that out. And I think what we'll realize is that we've probably been tricked and kicked around and bumped around and pushed around and pushed back a little bit more than we've recognized by what? The schemes of the devil. Because if I'm not praying against those, they're working against me. They have freedom and right to do that. He's still the Lord of this earth. So if I'm not stepping into this whole thing like we're talking about prayer, and I hope every one of us gets a hold of this, it'll enhance your relationship with God. But more than that, it's going to save you, it's going to save your family, and it's going to open up fresh opportunities for the church to make a difference to see the world come out of their darkness. And remember what I talked about, there has to be a little bit of light for them to see 
uh, through the dark. And if we can be that light to them because we're, we're in the right place, we're seated with him in heavenly places, and we know that, and, and, and we're walking for him and with him, and we know that, and we're taking a stand against the schemes of the devil, and we're not letting them have reign on my territory and in my sphere of influence, and we're not letting him have reign over, uh, over where we live and where we're at. We're, we're going to take the promise of Abraham. Wherever my feet go, I'm taking the Holy Spirit with me. And the Holy Spirit's going to make a difference. And we have, to, we have to begin to get a hold of this like never before. It's time, church, for us to do this. It's time for us to do this. It's time for us to do this. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I pray as we look through a little deeper here that your Holy Spirit would quicken each one of us today. God, open up the eyes of our understanding. Open up our ears to hear. Open up our spirits to receive from you today, Father, that we might, uh, Lord, we might uh, take our rightful place with you. I pray your favor over the word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The key verse in this, and usually if you go through the scriptures, you'll find that there's key verses in different books of the Bible that would stand out as very important and maybe the pivoting point of that whole book. Uh, and in this case, it'll especially be for this particular chapter. So the, the key verse that we're looking at here this morning is Ephesians chapter 1 uh, and verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. There's another word, really, if you read through these first couple chapters and just look for the word in Christ. In Christ. It's several times. In Christ. So there must be something important about this word. What exactly does it mean? What is, it, what is he talking about there? What's he trying to draw our heart and mind and attention to so that we might step into this in Christ? Because he says that, there, that we could be blessed, we could be blessed with every spiritual blessing. And then he's going to go through now and he's going to open up what those blessings are. And I'm going to go through them quickly this morning, but I, I would certainly challenge you to say, Lord, we which one of these am I not walking in? Which one of these do I not maybe understand? Or which one do I need to take and apply to my life or to apply to people that I, my family or my prayer times? How, who, who, where do I apply these spiritual blessings? And, and, and uh, one commentator put it like this, and I just think it explains it completely because, you know, well, what's a spiritual blessing? Well, he, he's going to hit you hard with this one, but I thought it was good. Uh, hit me, so I'm going to hit you, okay? If we have no appreciation for spiritual blessing, then we live at the level of animals. Animals live only to eat, sleep, entertain themselves, and to reproduce. We are made in the image of God, and he has something much higher for us, yet many of us choose to live at the level of animals. Wow. What? A thought. But that's really it. It's, it's either I'm either going to think natural or I'm going to let myself lean spiritual. Which side are you on? Is everything just natural for you? Are you in pursuit of everything natural? Or have you put the kingdom first and now you're in pursuit of things that are spiritual? And, 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 and we begin to understand that. And so he's blessed us. And then the second point there is he has chosen us to be holy and without blame. He's chosen you and I to be holy and without blame. And I, I was trying to figure out, you know, how do, we, 
how do we wrap this around the whole idea that Paul has concerning grace and, and so forth? Uh, and I guess we're, we need to understand that we're chosen not only for salvation, but you're also chosen for holiness. Why, why holiness? Because as you shine the light for Christ, guess who it shines on? You. Because that's the person you're talking to is going to be looking at you, and they're going to see, what are you like? Are you the same as me? And if you are, why do I need God? And so I think it's important for us to know that he chose us to be holy and without blame, and by the grace of God, we can actually do that. Come on, can, can, can I get a better amen? By the grace, of, I said by the grace. I didn't say by my own strength. By the grace of God, we can actually do that. Why? Because he's chosen us to do that. He's chosen us to be that. And then it goes on to say that in verse 5 that we were predestined. We were predestined for this thing. And uh, again, I'm not going to go into the depths of that. It may be one of the most controversial uh, scriptures in the universe that about predestination. But I just simply believe that God, here's how I believe it. God has a master plan that will never change. You will never change his master plan. It's going to go forward. The question is, with or without you. Right? Come on. So, so I either join in with him. That's why Jesus said to all of his followers, listen, follow me. Come after me. We're going to do this thing. I'm doing something, and you follow me, and you'll do it with me. But if you don't, you won't. And so to me, it's... It's, it's, his predestination is tied with his foreknowledge, and the rest is up to you. The third thing he says in verse 5, we are adopted. We're adopted. Now, this is important, and this may be important for some of you. I know when I was first saved, excuse me, when I was first saved, I remember wrestling around about my position as a Christian. And I thought, you know, these guys have been really, their whole family were serving the Lord, and they've been in the church all their life, and they're so good. And it almost pushed me to a second-class status. But what Paul's saying is, no, I've adopted you in. Matter of fact, everybody has to be adopted in, which puts everybody at the same level. And his unfolding plan, it just includes not just, and this is another aspect of this, it doesn't just include, oh, he saved me so I can go to heaven. But you know what he brings in with this? He brings family in with this. He gives me a new perspective and he says, no, I adopted you in. I love you as much as the next person. Nobody do I love differently than I do you. And it's just, it's important. And in the Roman law at that day, Charles Barclay puts it this way. He says, when the adoption was complete, it was complete indeed. The person who had been adopted had all rights of a legitimate son in his new family and completely lost all rights to his old family. Come on, some of us need to lose some of those old family rights. How many would say amen? amen. We just got to put them off. We can't, we can't take those with us. We don't want to take those with us. Lost all rights with your old family. In the eyes of the law, he was a new person. How many just love that thought? I'm a new creation. If nothing else, that ought to stir your heart. Say, God, you didn't leave me. You plucked me out of here, and you put me here. You adopted me in, and you literally made me a new creation. And we're all in the same place here. We're all in the same place. And, and, and uh, we're, we're new people. So the new, he goes on to say, was that 
even all debt and obligations connected with his previous family were abolished as if they never existed. Come on, I don't know about you. You might have been nice enough and had a nice enough family in the background, but I didn't. I'm glad about this adoption thing. I'm glad that he pulled me in, not just as a robot. He pulled me in as a son, and he, and he gave me a new name, and he gave me a new heritage, and he gave me a new destiny, and he gave me a new purpose because of his greatness and his love. And his overall plan is just absolutely amazing. He goes on to say in verse 6, as part of these spiritual blessings, is I'm accepted now in the beloved. It kind of, uh, the word accepted there really, uh, chorito, carito, or chorito, is highly favored. It almost sounds like a burrito, doesn't it? Uh, it made me hungry there. Okay, uh, it, it means this. It means, to be accepted means you're highly favored or you're full of grace. I love it. I love it. We've been redeemed through the blood. Verse 7 goes on to say another part of that spiritual blessing would be that we've been redeemed through his blood according to the riches of his grace. And I love that. Redemption always implies that I've been paid completely for my freedom. I have nothing that I need to look back for. I don't have to look back at any debt. We just talked about that with adoption. But everything... Everything was paid for me so that I can walk in this new freedom and not be bound. And I don't know about you, but sometimes my, my past tries to sneak up and tell me that I'm not worthy or something. And my, my past comes up and tries to, to, to put me down. And I'm thinking, no, I don't. <laughs> my past is looking better than ever. <laughs> They're not going to find me on their records, you know. I'm free indeed. And, and, and really the word redemption means to liberate uh, on, on a receipt of ransom. So I've been ransomed. It's kind of like they used to be those stamps, you know, paid in full, and it was always with red ink, paid, paid. And we have a paid in full over our lives. And some of us need to remember that, maybe just because we keep going back to old stuff and we wonder why. Well, you're redeemed. You don't have to. He goes on in verse 7, the same verse there, says you're forgiven you're forgiven. Uh, the redemption and forgiveness has given uh, uh, us, uh, it comes according to the measure of the riches of his grace. And if I had time to go into grace, I would, but I don't, but it's so amazing. But let me just say this about being forgiven. And, and some of, somebody needs to hear this, okay? In the Old Testament, remember they had to bring sacrifices for their sin, right? Okay. So they had to get their lamb, and how many, it had to be a perfect lamb. It had to be a perfect lamb, okay? So they would get this lamb, and they would take it to the priest. And when they got to the priest, there's a, a thing that took place there, which we should remember, we need to know, is that the priest didn't look at the person that brought the sheep, the lamb. He simply looked at the lamb to see if it was perfect. Wow. Isn't that amazing? I mean, that's just totally amazing. And, 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 and when Christ came, it says, John said, behold the what? The Lamb of God. And so as, as we step before God, he's looking at the Lamb. And the Lamb was perfect. And his grace was towards you. And his love was towards you. And his fullness was towards you. And everything about him was for you and towards you. It's just an amazing story, isn't it? 
It says he's given us wisdom uh, and understanding. And uh, I, I guess, you know, what uh, part of the spiritual blessing is, is uh, God wants you to be in the know. He wants to give you, I talked a little bit about it last week, he wants to give you revelation. He wants to give you insight. He doesn't want you and I to walk in darkness. Verse 11, he gives you an inheritance. Part of this spiritual promise is an inheritance. Do you know what your inheritance is? What is your inheritance? It's maybe more amazing than what you think. If, you, if, you, if, if somebody dies and they leave a will, they leave within that will uh, the, 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 what's, what the inheritance is and who it's for is what they do. That's what happens. And so when that person dies, that will is given to you. And now you open it up and you read it and you find out what it's all about. This is the opportunity that we have. This is what we want to look at. This is what Paul looks at through his book here, the book of Ephesians. And in verse 12, he goes on to say, to bring praise and glory to God, just an honor and a privilege, I think, that we have as believers to really to worship God and to glorify Him and to magnify Him. If you ever got excited about something that you've gotten, you know, that you've received, you know, or if you've ever been uh, to a Chiefs game that won the Super Bowl, okay, what did you do? You, 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 you were praising, really, Right? You really were, ah, you know, it was so awesome. I remember we were at a, a Super Bowl party when that happened. And everybody was so excited. They were even out of themselves. I got video of some that I should show you someday. They were just like radicals, and some of them are sitting right over here. And it's like, you know what I mean? It's just like you, you get out of yourself. We have this opportunity when we begin to see the promises and the inheritance and all that he did for us to really praise him and to worship him. And that's, that's really... Uh, who you can tell whose team you're on, right? There were a couple non-Chiefs fans at that game that we were at, and they weren't doing that. All right. Nobody from here, of course. Then it goes on to say, as part of these spiritual inheritances, that, that we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. And then it says, we, which is the guarantee of our inheritance. Again, this is speaking of us receiving the down payment of the Holy Spirit in our lives when we're born again. You cannot miss it. You must know that it's there. You will know because you have a new heart. Something inside of you begins to turn around. Something inside of you begins to change. All of a sudden, there's a new spiritual hunger. It's kind of a twofold thing. Without Christ, there's a hunger there, and you're trying to fill something. And it's just that no matter what you do in life, no matter what you pursue in life, and many people pursue many things for many years of their own life to try to find some sort of fulfillment and happiness, and they don't do it. Once you receive Christ, all of a sudden that hole's filled, but yet another hunger should be in its place. And that would be a hunger for your God. In other words, you really start working toward making him first and a priority. You're really interested in making the relationship sure and strong with him. You're not, you're not, you're not distant from him wondering about him. And so I, as I was just, again, thinking through this and preparing this, I thought, well, you know, if, if I'm not saved, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm not going to probably really pursue God, and I'm not going to understand anything about it, and I'm not even going to want to. But once I get saved, all of a sudden now there's a want to. Can anybody witness that? Has anybody changed their life because you got saved? Would you raise your hand? I just want to know. The direction of your life. My life direction was completely changed. Why did that happen? Well, something happened inside of me that gave me the insurity of the inheritance. That was his spirit. 
And so if I don't have that, if I don't have that, it could possibly mean, I'm just going to step out on a limb here, that maybe I've never received Christ as my Savior. I've, I've sinned since I've been saved, but guess what? I've hated it. And what did I do? I ran back to Christ to get a hold of the grace of God, and it was rich, and it was full. Why? Because Christ is in me. And if that passion is missing in you, it may be, uh, hopefully you can say, no, I remember the day it was there, but maybe somehow with the course of the journey, uh, I've been discouraged a couple times in my journey. A couple times I've been discouraged and not pursued Christ and got my eyes at other places. But now, man, I turn around and follow him. And I want to follow him. That should be inside of us. It should be inside of every one of us. And if it's not, we've either let it be buried deeper than we should, or we've never been born again. If we could take a flash picture of everybody's destiny in this room alone, and I know some of your stories, it would be amazing to think how God, when he gets in, turns your life around. I mean, he changes the entire course of your life. There's a spiritual awareness. There's a spiritual love. There's a spiritual passion that you cannot avoid. And many of people that I've known that have been saved and then decided to backslide were very miserable people because they couldn't get away from the fact that Christ is in them. And I just just feel this urge here just to say, you know, he's given us a guarantee, and, and what are we doing with it? What are we doing with the Holy Spirit? He opens the door, of course, for now being immersed in the Holy Spirit through the baptism of the Holy Spirit and being refreshed and filled and overflowing. Key phrase, and I just on your notes here that it's in Christ. If you go through again and just read through it, and you'll find it in Christ. Let me wrap up with this here. Uh, uh, the Godhead is seen here in this book, and I just put that down there because to me it's important. There's such a consistency of God's Word about the Godhead. It's everywhere. The, the, the number three, it's everywhere. We see it everywhere we go, and we see it in Paul's book here, and you can read through those verses, and you'll pick up what aspects are from the Father. The, you know, obviously, for the Son, it was about his redemption. He did that, and then he give us a, gives us the Spirit for an inheritance. Uh, I believe, like never before, we are moving into some darker days where the prophetic word, the prophetic foretelling of the Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 1, where it says, well, darkness will come over the earth and gross darkness will come over the people. I think we're moving into that kind of a day. And I want to encourage us as we go through this, this is going to unlock some things that are going to keep us from being deceived. And, and keep us from being under that darkness and that cloud. Uh, and, and, and we have nothing to fear. Back to the key phrase of this book, in Christ. i got to be in Christ. What does that mean? He closes out the book here. He closes out the book with this in verses 15 through 19. He give, he Paul's prays for us, and this is what he prays. He says, God, give them the spirit and revelation in the knowledge of him. So this morning, he wants you to know him. He wants you to have a revelation knowledge of him. And I'm going to believe that today that's going to happen. 
I'm going to believe that today that's going to happen for you. Maybe you just kind of, again, maybe you've just drifted away, but maybe you've never really stepped into that. And, 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 and so Christianity is kind of, you know, it's there, but it's not really, it's not everything to you. I think it has to be everything to us. I don't want to build for this earth. This earth is going to be destroyed. When the kingdom of God implants itself over the top, it's going to be like the Jericho wall. It's going to go down. It's going to go down. So I don't want to build for this world. I definitely want to build for the kingdom. And he wants to give me a spirit of revelation and knowledge of him. And then I, he goes on and prays and he says that the eyes of their understanding would be opened. All of a sudden now, and I'll just put it this way, you start reading the Bible and all of a sudden, wow, that makes sense like it's never made before. That's all of a sudden truth to me. I'm not in darkness anymore. I'm hearing the truth and the truth begins to speak to me. I'm hearing God through that. And then he goes on to say, to know the hope. <laughs> hope is the expectation of a good outcome. To know the hope of God's calling. And then he goes on to say, I'm going to pray also for you. The glorious riches of God's inheritance in the saints. He wants you to know what he's deposited inside of you so you won't continue to take it lightly. And so you won't continue to keep it buried. And then he goes on and he says, I want you to know the working of God's great power. I don't know about you, but I think that we have the potential, possibility, capability of seeing a greater degree of God's power than what we're seeing right now. I think he wants you healed. I, I really do. I believe he wants you healed. I believe he wants you whole emotionally, spiritually, and in every other aspect of your being. I believe that's his will. And I believe because he put the, 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 the spirit in us, we have that ability to have that. That which is perfect was put inside of you to do what? To rebirth you back into the perfect state that he created you in. That's what he calls it, right? New creation, I'm born again. Those aren't accidental terms. And see, I have to get back into the fight for this because that's the truth. And I've said it before, I, I, I'd, rather, I'd rather die in faith than live in doubt. And I believe as we begin to go through this whole book, we're going to begin to see some things and be able to take a hold of the inheritance and take a hold of the adoption and take a hold of the things that God has for his people. And we'll begin to see the power of the Holy Spirit move in our lives like never before. Because he, he is part of his promises. And Paul wouldn't have prayed this if it wasn't possible to know the working of God's power. I so appreciated the testimony of Julie this morning. Isn't that awesome? And I just think of the testimony of Luke and the different testimonies that we have had of God's great power. And, and, and as, again, I think we go back to our war room and we say, God, we're, we're not satisfied with where we're at as a church. We want to see a greater move of your spirit within our church. God, I want to see a greater move of your spirit in me. I tell you, when you spoke, speak those things out, I can't emphasize what Patricia said. When you speak them out, you will absolutely see a difference. I even guarantee you, if you read your word out loud, that your faith will grow. 
we got to do it. We got to do it. We got to do it. Let me just pray for us. After reading Paul's closing comment, he says this, God has put all things, all things under his authority, the authority of Christ, and has made him head over all things for the benefit of what? The church. If you got him as the head, guess what? You got the benefits. He's given you all authority and all power. And I am so excited about seeing that begin to increase in us, in our lives, and in our church, and in our community, and in all the places around us where we can make a difference because Jesus always did use miracles to catch people's attention. And I don't think he's done with that process. <laughs> so let's, let's just pray for a moment here, if, if, if we could, and then we'll, we'll close it up. And maybe just ask yourself right now, you know, how you doing? How are you doing? How are you doing? How are you doing? What spoke to you today? What has God been trying to speak to you through this past year uh, of craziness? What has he been trying to say to you? Have you been able to hear him? Um, and I want to pray in particular, maybe for anybody that's not saved, if you're watching online and you've never received Christ in reference to uh, his spirit or anybody in this room also, uh, is that you would ask Christ just to come into your life. And the Bible says, if I believe in my heart, confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. He died for me and rose from the dead. I can be saved. It's that, it's that simple. And as we, as we pray this, maybe you can pray along with me for whatever the Holy Spirit's saying to you either today or over these past few, this past season. So Father, thank you today first for every person that's watching online as well as in this room. I pray that not one would walk away without asking you to become their Lord and Savior and receive Christ for eternal life. And God, I pray for all of us that as we uh, are in this time and in this season, we were made for such a time as this. We're here for this day that we live in. You created us specifically and you've given us a purpose and, and Father, you've given us, a, a Lord, just the anointing of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I pray that, God, you would begin to awaken us like never before. We would find a greater power and might moving in us and through us than ever before. And Father, I thank you for that. I thank you for every person in this room. Let the power of God uh, be quickened inside of us today in Jesus' name. Can we just do one more thing just as we leave, as we prepare to leave? And, uh, and that is, I, I want to I pray for the sick. I just think we need to start exercising that arm. Don't you think? I mean, honestly, I, I had some challenges with my eyes uh, this morning, you know, yesterday and this morning. And I, just, I grabbed Des and said, Des, would you just pray for me? I can't, I can't, you know, especially when you got these lights going and stuff. I just can't see. It's just hurting. And he prayed for me. I mean, my eyes are fine. I just think we just need to step into that for one another and just believe God for your own health. Uh, he died that we could have health. And I just want us to not be afraid to do that. So if you need a healing of any sort, I just want you to stand right now. We're going to agree together. And we're going to pray and begin to believe God like never before. He carried the children of Israel for 40 years without sickness, without hunger, and without a need for anything. 
Come on, that's, that's good news. So stand to your feet. If you, if you, if you need some strength and healing in some way, let's just, let's just I'm, I'm, I'm standing. Just believe God for a greater move of his spirit. He wants us to be healthy. I believe that with all my heart. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, just put your hands toward those that are standing, if you would, if you're by them. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for those that are standing right now. Father, we are calling on the inheritance that we just read about. You said there was an inheritance of your Holy Spirit. There was an inheritance for healing. There was an inheritance for provision. And there's an inheritance, God, for all that you went to the cross to die for. And I pray today a release of a new uh, strength of faith inside of each one of us, not only for ourselves, but for one another. And God, for the, as Julie did, just praying for others, God, and just seeing the power of God released in the earth today, our day, not yesterday, not tomorrow, but today. Let your healing be released in everyone that's standing for that healing. And we thank you, Father, for the power of God in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen, amen, amen. Thank you for uh, being a part today. Thank you for standing for uh, prayer. We're going to continue to do that and believe God for it. Uh, don't forget, if, uh, if you haven't signed up for a small group, I want to encourage you. There are only eight weeks, and it's important in this season that you do. There's some out there for spiritual atmosphere change and the Bible, uh, Bible studies and, uh, and so forth, healing and, and so forth uh, for you to take advantage of. And the signups are out there. God bless you. Greet a few people and have a totally awesome week in Jesus' name.